Good morning. Hey guys. Thanks so much for joining us at Church Online today. We are so very, very glad yeah. that you're here. And this morning, we are going to continue talking about hope mm -hmm. and the difference that perspective can make in that. But first, let's watch this video. but I miss the Santa hat. I'm like a rain person. Rain is my favorite weather pattern, and so I'm, I'm here for it. This is and actually like kind of my favorite time of year. Like rain with a good book and a cup of tea and a really fuzzy blanket? Yeah. Yeah. But so also it. like it's sad to say goodbye to Christmas, so I, I get it. Yes. Well, Christmas has concluded, mm -hmm. and so we wanted to update you on our Christmas project, which was um, coming alongside Miklat House. Yeah. And we wanted to let you know about what your generosity accomplished. Because they were building, or they're hoping to build a, a structure so that now yeah. that we're in rainy season, um, people can be outdoors but still um, be covered, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so thanks to you and your generosity, we were able to raise just over $2,800 wow. for awesome. Miklat House. So we are so excited yeah. um, to get that to them this coming week. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you guys so much for your generosity. We're just so thankful and how you guys have supported our city over the season. Mm -hmm. And especially on days like today where the sun's shining, oh, Pell River is such a great place to yeah. live driving by the ocean and it's just so beautiful. And there's just something about it that really does spark hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's just like able to be a simple way of, of spreading that hope by being the hands and feet of Jesus. And so, um, yeah, it's just exciting that we get to do that together. Yeah, so on that note, let's continue on in this series and welcome Pastor Lucas. And welcome back. My name's Lucas, and thank you, uh, Lisa, Marcus, for getting us all warmed up. And thank you for sticking around. You know what? You're already overcoming the stereotypes of this generation. You stuck to a video for more than 15 seconds. So well done. Good for you. So excited to get into today. We have started a new series called Eyes Wide Open. And Pastor Lisa, she started it last week. If you haven't watched that video, um, I'll link it right here so you can just jump on that and get caught up in our series. But today, we're going to be digging into a story that is it's actually a really fun story from the Old Testament. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 2 Kings chapter 6, and we're going to camp out there. So as you're getting ready. Um, but really, this, this series, when we were kind of thinking about the spring and and moving forward into a new year, we really felt like the theme for this little series needed to be hope. Hope is the theme. And so what we did is we began to look at scripture and go, okay, where are some moments, some perspective changes, th things that kind of brought from circumstances that didn't look so great, that inspired hope in the person involved, but also inspires hope in us. And so we hope that you enjoy this, that this kind of gives you a bit of a, a pick-me-up as we move into this new year in a way of being intentional about our health, about the outcome, about the future. And as believers, we believe in a biblical worldview that, that tells us that there is hope on the horizon, if not in this life, in the life to come. And so that is our biblical worldview. That is 
the way that God has communicated his truths to us. And I want to ask you a question. Why, why is it that some people seem to have just hope in abundance, hope in spades, and other people, they seem to just not be able to kind of get over the hump. Um, they, they, they get stuck a little bit and their perspective seems a little more cynical, jaded, <laughs> hopeless in the way that they talk and the way they look at the world. Um, I, I believe that the believer in Jesus, that we have an opportunity and a calling to be people of hope. And, but that doesn't always translate. So we need to explore this a little bit. Now, I would make this argument, if you're taking notes, just write this down. The difference between hope and hopelessness, sometimes it can be a very fine line, and, and the difference is perspective. The difference between hope and hopelessness is perspective. Now, kind of before we really get into this and begin to dig into this, um, I do want to say that, you know, when we're talking about hope and hopelessness, we have to be careful because there's a bit of a caveat in, in that you may be in a season where uh, changing your perspective is, is, is easier said than done. Um, we talk about like moments like seasons of mental illness. Uh, mental illness can really, in a lot of ways, remove your ability to shift perspective. And so when we talk about things today, we're going to be talking in a general sense, but we do want to acknowledge, we're, we're big advocates that if you need help, if things are, are not within your ability to kind of shift perspectives and, and there's um, mental illness, and we all have experienced seasons of mental illness in our lives, then sometimes you just need help. You need therapy, you need counseling, you need medication, whatever it takes to help you overcome that kind of season and to slowly be able to shift your perspective from um, what seems hopeless to beginning to be able to see hope in situations. So we just want to acknowledge that. We're going to be talking in a general sense, um, but we just want to acknowledge that there are moments and seasons in life where um, you... You can't just do this. It's not a willpower thing. And we're going to discover it's not something we can kind of do and conjure out of ourselves. And so we're going to explore that. But we just wanted to make sure that that was kind of on your radar. Um, and if that's you, we would be happy. Give us a call. We'd be happy to kind of walk you through next steps of getting help and being able to shift those perspectives and begin to engage the hope that Jesus has for you. So if you have your Bibles, um, I hope you've turned to 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 8 to 23. Verses 8 to 23, 2 Kings, that's in the Old Testament. And if you don't have a Bible, we would love to help you get one. Just visit myevangel.church forward slash Bible. myevangel.church forward slash Bible. And we would love to, if you're in the Powell River region, we'd love to hook you up with like a, like a hard copy, real deal. Um, but right now, you can actually pause and, and be able to jump over there and get a digital version as well. That'll help you in your journey of faith. So it says this. Once when the king of Syria was warring against Israel, he took counsel with his servants, saying, At such and such a place shall be my camp. But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are going down there. And the king of Israel sent to the place about which the man of God told him. Thus he used to warn him so that he saved himself there more than once or twice. 
And the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing. And he called his servants and he said to them, Will you not show me who of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. Now, let's stop there for a second. Because this is kind of an interesting moment. Let, let's just say the Canadian Security Intelligence Service would love to have a guy like Elisha on their payroll. You know, the king of Syria, he keeps kind of sending these troops into Israel and he's setting up camp. And no matter what he does, the king of Israel finds out about it and is able to send scouts and kind of scout them out. And the, the king of Syria is getting a little upset. He thinks that there's a mole in his camp. And the, envi the advisors, they kind of are probably a little worried at this point. Um, but they say, you know, it's not us. It's not anybody in your kingdom. It's this prophet, this man named Elisha. And he, he will tell the king not just what your kind of thoughts are around where you're going to camp. He, he tells the very things that you say in your bedroom. So what, what he means by that, and it's interesting that they say it that way. Because what they mean by that is, we're not even involved in your bedroom. We're not there. So it can't be an informant. It can't be a mole from our kingdom to theirs. There's something else going on here. And so we see that Elisha is, is being given by God these kind of prophetic words, these words of knowledge. And he's sharing those with the king of Israel. And on a few occasions, we see that the king of Syria's plans get thwarted because of the information coming from Elisha. So why does this matter? Well, it's the difference between hope and hopelessness. If, if, if the difference between hope and hopelessness is perspective, then we need to answer the question, how, how do you change your perspective? And a great starting point for this is you change your perspective with a word from God. A word from God can change everything. Now, now before you disappear um, down a bit of a rabbit trail trying to kind of parse out what I mean by a word from God, I'm just going to say this. I'm, I'm speaking primarily of the prophetic realities of God's word. And so when I say God's word, I'm talking about the Bible. Now, many of you, maybe you have it open in front of you. Maybe you have it at your favorite morning chair where you have your coffee and you open it daily. Some of you, maybe you don't have a Bible. Again, myevangel.church forward slash Bible. We would love to get you a Bible because that is the key when we're talking about a word from God. You know, um, things changed for Israel when Elisha was able to bring a word from God. And we're going to see in a moment that Elisha is, it brings revelation to even his servant that changes perspective, changes everything, but a word from God. And, and the reason I say primarily from the Bible is because sometimes we can think in, in other terms. So perhaps we think about prophetic words in the church. We think about the gifts of the Spirit. And the Spirit gives us at moments and seasons and times the ability to kind of speak the Word of God into situations and words of knowledge and words of wisdom. Now, those are secondary. Those are tertiary. And in fact, those even operate within the confines of the Word of God, speaking of the Bible. 
So when, when I talk about looking for a word from God, I'm not talking about looking for the latest prophet. I'm not talking about looking to a movement or a church or a person to give you an individual word. Although that happens at times, that's not necessarily what we seek out when we talk about a word from God shifting our perspective. We're talking about the scriptures, by the Bible. It, the Bible is prophetic. There is revelation in the scriptures that can change our perspective and give us a hope for the future. These secondary measures do happen. The gifts of the Spirit, moments where someone just feels laid on their heart to speak something over someone's life. And that's great. I love that. Um, I've had personal moments where God has chosen to use someone else to kind of speak some things profoundly into my life. But they're secondary. They're secondary to the Word of God, the scriptures that we have and we hold dear. Now, now you might ask, why, why is it so important to have a word from God, you know? Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie, The Lord of the Rings. Uh, it's gotten a little old for me now, but back in years ago, it was probably one of my favorite series. But there's, uh, there's this moment when the troop finds themselves in the forest, and as they're in the forest, this kind of fog kind of comes in, and as this fog comes in, the, uh, the company and the troop that they're kind of walking with, they kind of get a little ornery. Uh, they start fighting amongst themselves. It just the mood and, the, and there's a shift in attitude and a shift in from unity to kind of a disunity and um, kind of looking sideways at people. And it gets a little bit weird. But during this moment, the fog, you can't see anything and it's eerie in the trees and you don't know where you're going and they're lost. And, and so Frodo decides to climb a tree. And there's this scene where he climbs this tree to the very top. And as he gets to the top, he breaks out of the fog. And as he breaks out of the fog, he kind of just lets the sun fall on his face. And he takes a deep breath. Before even looking, before even shifting anything, he kind of just has this moment of kind of fresh revelation. And he looks out and he can see everything. And he gets a clear picture of where they're going. And the word of God is like this. You know, the practice of being in God's word, being under the teaching of God's word, talking about the goodness and the truth of God in community of faith is like this. When, when the fog of this world begins to kind of cloud our view and shift our perspective, and it's in these moments when we come back to the truth of God's word, we kind of just climb that tree and we get realigned and we, we bask in the goodness and the graciousness of God's word and it shifts us and it encourages us and it it kind of gives us a view of the future it gives us a view of where we're going so we're going to look at two contrasting perspectives as we continue this account and this is just such a fun account so if you have your bibles verse 13 second kings chapter 6 here we go and he said go and see where he is now, this is the king of Syria, that I may send and seize him. It was told him, behold, he is in Dothan. So he sent there horses and chariots and a great army, and they came by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning, so this is Elisha's servant, he gets up early in the morning, and he went out, and behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? 
He said, do not be afraid, Elisha. Elisha says, do not be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Now, I love the contrast of this moment. You know, how is it that two people can see the very same circumstance and yet have such polarized perspectives? You know, the servant comes back and there's this kind of this hopeless um, announcement of what the reality of their situation is. And yet Elisha is unfazed and he has so much hope. And he in, in turn prays that, that his servant would be able to see what he sees and to be able to have the confidence that he has because of this revelation that God has given him. Now, I don't fully understand all the kind of moving parts of this moment. You know, why could Elisha see the angel army and the servant couldn't? <laughs> the servant couldn't. Is it because Elijah was, was better than um, or more spiritual than the servant? Um, I, I don't believe so. Elisha is just a man, but he was a man that was called and chosen by God to be a prophet in Israel. And, and as a prophet, God gave him a revelation. The only reason Elisha could see that angel army, the only reason he could have like this positive outlook in that moment is because God had given him a grace. God had extended him a grace, a gift to be able to see the reality of what was going on. Have you ever um, read a self-help book? I, I, we probably all have at some point in time. Um, there's so many different kinds. And it's kind of one of those books where someone brings you on this journey of self-discovery and and hopefully kind of helps you shift some perspectives in your own life about what is possible and kind of what you're good at and what you can do and how you can change your circumstances and all of that. Now, I want to be careful here because I, I think that there is some value, um, you know, like Paul talks about um, physical exercise and he says, you know, there's some value in that, but so much more in terms of spiritual exercise, um, exercising the spiritual muscles, so much more. This would be the same case. There's some value to, you know, learning self-awareness and learning more about yourself and what makes you tick and, and all of that. But, but this industry is built on a premise that you have within you, okay? This is, just hear this. You have within you what you need to succeed. You have within you to shift from hopelessness to hope. You have within you to shift your perspectives and to um, be better. And to an extent that's true, to, there's a bit of a ceiling to that. There's a bit of a ceiling to that. The biblical worldview is one that points us actually away from ourselves and to someone else. And this is kind of where things kind of shift as we kind of a, live out this biblical worldview as we live out as followers of Jesus, we have to shift our perspectives. And in a world of uncertainty and division and, and even persecution at times, God is offering each of us a perspective that, that comes out of a revelation of a person. It comes out of a re revelation of Jesus. If you had, like I said, if you didn't listen to Lisa last week, you need to go back and listen to that. 
It's not about, you know, the next thing or the next method or the next way or the next value system or the next A, B, C, D. It, it's the person of Jesus that shifts our perspective. And then the scriptures, the Bible, is the thing that gives us an insight into him and his way. So God is offering each of us a perspective shift that comes from revelation, not, not of who we are, but of who he is. The, the self-help he offers doesn't come from what's within you, but rather what he gives and puts into you by the Spirit. And, and as we live out life in, in the ever-increasing complexities of this world, I believe now more than ever, it's going to be these perspective shifts, these these small shifts in the way we see the world, the way we see ourselves, the way we see God, the way we see politics, the way we see our country, the way we see the marketplace, the way we see, we need to filter that through his perspective, through his truth, through, through um, a glimpse of an eternal kingdom because that changes the value system that we carry into this world. A revelation that there's more to this world than what we can see. That, that essentially what Elisha and his servant received was, was a glimpse. It was a perspective of a spiritual kingdom and the spiritual kingdom of God all around them. And it shifted everything for them. You see, the difference between hope and hopelessness is perspective. Now notice that the shift of perspective for the servant came out of relationship and, and prayer. Elisha prayed for his servant. There's this kind of intimate moment between them where Elisha just has his heart to see this servant kind of grow in his perspective of what is going on around him. And so Elisha prays to God that, that his servant's eyes would be open. And I love this because in community of faith, it is often the case that we have to depend on one another to be able to shift perspectives. I don't know about you, but when you're in the thick of it, it's very hard to have an outlook of hope. But when others come in who have maybe a better perspective, that can look at it more clearly than you can, those that you invite in, and maybe you're in the fog of the forest, but they're on the, the, the treetop and they're kind of pointing and, and showing you the way. I love this because it's out of community that this can happen, out of community of faith. Self-help is fine, but the help of others is better. The help of others is always better. And here's my prayer for you. That in 2021, even with all that's going on, that you would see the opportunities to be encouraged, to be an encouragement, to receive perspective from others, but also to be those that will give a godly, biblical worldview perspective to those around you. That these perspectives would come not out of just yourselves or just your opinions or your experiences, but those things would be married with the truth of God's word. And that's important. When you give perspective, don't just give your opinion. Marry your opinion to God's word. Show in God's word where that is the case, how that kind of walks out as you give a glimpse of the kingdom of God. The difference between hope and hopelessness is perspective. Now, I wanted to kind of close our time together just talking about 2021. And we are moving into a year that is, in a lot of ways, not much has changed. At uh, the recording of this, we're still waiting until February 5th for a shift in um, the restrictions here in BC, uh, Canada. And so 
you know, not a lot has changed, but I think, and we're sensing that God wants to shift, even, even if circumstances don't change. And you can go on and read the story and see how Elisha kind of operates and, and what happens out of this story. But the circumstance didn't change because there was a revelation of the army and the fire and the chariots and God's kingdom revealed to Elisha and his servant. They still had to deal with the reality that there was still an army surrounding them. Now, we're walking into 2021 and I, my prayer for you is that God would shift your perspective. But but he's not going to just do it. He's not going to just come in and, and force you and wrestle you and wrangle you to shift your perspective. There's a little bit of a give and take here. And my challenge for you this year is get into God's word. Get into God's word. Here, here's the deal, friends. We are the most distracted uh, generation probably of all time. And, uh, you know, I kind of joked with you at the beginning of this that, you know, way to go, way to kind of overcome the, uh, the, the distraction and, and stick with this video. And if you're still here, good job, guys. You are not the norm. Um, but we live in this really distracted, really quick pace, really busy, um, kind of anxiety-fueled world right now. And I believe that God wants to shift our perspectives, but we need to engage Him in that. And in order to do that, we need to not get so caught up in the news around us, um, the political arena around us. Um, you know, it's so easy to get caught up there. So it's so emotionally charged as we, we as human beings, we're kind of, I don't know, we're kind of weird that way. We kind of look towards those things. Um, some of you have been much better than others, but I find for me, like I've had to shut the news. I only check it once a week now. That's all I can handle just to see what's going on, see what's happening. But I don't, I don't comment. I don't get involved. I don't get in discussions. I don't, because that's not the story of this world. The story of this world is found in the scriptures and it's as relevant today as it was when it was written. And I just believe that this year, if you want to shift your perspective, if you want to have a taste of hope this year, um, and not hope that things are going to change necessarily, because they might not. Um, you know, sometimes we think the call of God on our lives, and as he calls it, it's going to bring us success, and it's going to be good. And um, it's not always the case. But we have a bigger perspective. We have an eternal perspective. And here's the deal. It's only in God's word as the spirit begins to reveal his truths to our hearts, not in an intellectual way, but in a, in a very real and intimate way that we can begin to shift our perspective and, and not just learning truths about who he is, but actually meeting him, knowing him and growing in an intimacy with him. And I believe for you, if you want to have hope this year, if you want to grow in hope, if you want to be one of those weirdos that walks around with seeing the world as a glass half full and, and having hope and being optimistic, <laughs> I believe you're going to find that as you just dig into God's word and allow him to speak to you and give you revelation of what is real in this world and what he's doing and how he can use you in it and that there is always hope. There's always hope, friends.
So let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for this opportunity to just be gathered regionally around this video. Um, such a simple thing, but God, I just believe that your spirit is involved in it, that Lord, you're teaching us, you're guiding us. Um, and not, not to just listen to the words I say, but rather, Lord, to um, just be encouraged to get into the word, to get into your scriptures and hear what you have to say about this world, about us, about this kingdom to come, about um, the kingdoms of this world, um, how we can have hope even if things look hopeless. Lord, you, you have promised us so many things. And God, we just need to dig in and hear them and read them and believe them and be stirred in our faith to have eyes to see them. And so God, I just pray for everyone listening right now that you would do that in their hearts and their lives. And that Lord, 2021 would not just be um, another year of same old, same old, but Lord, that we would begin to really truly make the main thing the main thing in our lives, in our hearts. Those that don't know you, that they would discover you um, in this journey. Those that do know you <laughs> would discover you in this journey um, because you are fathomless, Lord. You are, you are <laughs> exponentially more than we could ever think or, or, or imagine. And so the pursuit of you is unending. And so God, help us to pursue you today and that that pursuit would shift our perspective and that we would be people of hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much, guys, for joining us. And I'm just going to turn it over to uh, Marcus and Lisa to send us off. Thank you so much, Lucas, for that reminder that the difference between hope and hopelessness is really perspective. And so I pray that we are people who have eyes wide open to see what God is doing around us. Mm -hmm. And with that, be people of hope. Well, we have a couple announcements for you this morning before you get on with your day. Yeah. And the first is, are you kind of bored in this season? Do you need some reading material? Because yeah. we have a ton. Yes. Um, in this year of 2021, we really want to prepare a place for you when you are ready to come back to church, when those provincial health orders are lifted, we want this space to be ready for you. And part of that, if you remember our Making Room campaign, was taking a look at this yeah. lobby and how we can just utilize the flow to have more people in it. So with that, we are going to be offering all of our books to you. <laughs> so if you need reading material, we have some. Yeah. There are lots of books with lots of topics. Um, there are both like kind of Christian fiction, but also some more um, like specific understanding about the Bible. And so, yeah, you're welcome to come today even actually. Yes. And from today till January 31st, just come on by in office hours on Sunday mornings from nine to noon. We'll be here. You can take as many as mm -hmm. you want. Um, and then after the 31st, we'll find an organization that could utilize the rest of them. So we're happy to resource you with some reading uh, during the season. And then the next thing is we're actually moving, not uh, in a physical location, but we are gonna be moving our Sunday morning streams to nine o'clock in the morning instead of 10. Uh, but first, I just wanna know how many people that like woke you up better than coffee? <laughs> <laughs> I, it actually was born out of a time that we had to kind of just like, we were um, on holidays and I was like getting ready for a 10 a.m. stream and I realized that like, I think we need to bump it up. 
Yeah. Yeah, people are kind of getting on with their days already. And so we are really excited to do that just to hopefully have a time that works best for all of us to be able to jump on our streams. And so starting February 7th at 9 a.m., we will be having our Sunday streams. You can still find us in the exact same places that you found us through all of this season of being online, whether you go to myevangel.church forward slash live, or you just hop on to either our Facebook or YouTube account. And so we're really excited. Please feel free to spread that news to people that you either think should be on this stream or uh, to friends and family that you know already jump on, just so that we can make sure that we're all uh, together at 9 a.m. starting February 7th. Yes, and as always, you can catch us on demand. Mm -hmm. We just won't have the live chat, and let's be honest, that's half of the fun, yeah, it's always fun. of being here together. Well, the last thing is that we do uh, really rely on your generosity in order to fund the mission here of being a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so we are so grateful for how you have come through in 2020 and already in 2021. But you are welcome to come by today for Drive Through Generosity any point up till noon. You can also stop by in our office anytime, nine to five, Monday through Thursday, or give online. Myevangel.church forward slash give are right here if you're watching on Facebook. Yeah. Well, thanks guys so much for joining us today. We're so glad that you were here with us. And so we're excited to be people who uh, have our eyes wide open during our week. See you guys later. We'll see you next week. Bye.